Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Tuesday, May 2nd. What, if any, role will China play in bringing the war between Russia and Ukraine to an end? We get the thoughts of Stefan Wolf, Professor of International Security at the University of Birmingham. It is Mental Health Week in Canada. What can we do to promote better mental health for ourselves and the people we love? We catch up with Karen Gallagher-Burt, social worker and mental health advocate with the Distress Centre. Next time you go to the doctor's office, your GP could have a new assistant, Chat GPT. We discuss the possible uses of AI in the medical world with the gadget guy, Mike Yanni. Last week, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky spoke with Chinese President Xi Jinping. And why is China stepping into the conflict between Russia and Ukraine? And what do they have to gain as a sort of a mediator? Joining us to discuss is Stefan Wolf, Professor of International Security at the University of Birmingham. Good morning to you, Professor. Good morning. So if you can break this down for us, uh, Professor, after more than a year of no direct communication, what prompted the recent phone conversation between the Chinese president and, of course, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky? It's difficult to say what exactly uh, triggered it, but I think there were a number of events in the run-up to this uh, call that probably made it seem like it was the right time for Xi to uh, make this call to uh, Zelensky. Uh, In particular here, Uh, I would say, uh, were the visits that uh, Xi paid uh, to Moscow um, earlier in the month and then a flurry of visits that he has had uh, from various um, European Union uh, officials, all the way from uh, the Commission president to the uh, French president to the German foreign minister. And I think what this resulted in was a realization on Xi's part that it's really key for China to take a more proactive role in trying to bring the war in Ukraine to an end, not least in order not to hurt his continuing trade and economic relationships with the European Union. So, Professor, is that really why he would have stepped in to try and be sort of a mediator in this? It really is ultimately to benefit China then? Oh, absolutely. I think there's nothing that uh, China or for that matter uh, any other great power does that is not in its uh, interests. But having said that, um, simply because an end to the war is in China's interest, that doesn't necessarily mean that an end to the war is a bad thing uh, in itself. Everything, of course, will depend on whether China will actually be in a position to um, make sure that uh, the key red lines uh, of Ukraine are respected here. And those were, again, uh, emphasized by Zelensky immediately after the call with uh, Xi. He tweeted and wrote on his Telegram channel that it was absolutely key that no peace be achieved that uh, wasn't fair and just and wouldn't lead to a restoration of Ukraine's territorial integrity. Uh, have we heard, do you know, or has there been any reporting on Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in, in his not only response, but uh, letting us know, um, outsiders, what the content was? No, I mean, the uh, readout from the uh, Chinese uh, foreign ministry is uh, fairly generic, I would say. And uh, Zelensky himself, uh, similarly, uh, they talked about uh, peace relations um, that uh, he emphasized uh, the importance of um, respecting Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. And at the same time, what we what we saw in the readout from uh, the Chinese side, um, there were similar 
uh, relatively generic and general pronouncements. But importantly, and I think that's an, uh, a sign that China is actually getting serious, is that uh, the Chinese readout mentioned that China would dispatch uh, a senior envoy uh, to Moscow, to Kiev and to other um, European capitals to um, try to elaborate what might be a framework for negotiations. Professor, was there any response globally in terms of China's getting involved in this as as some sort of a, I don't want to say peacekeeper, but obviously getting involved in this discussion at all? Yeah, I think, I mean, as, as expected, I mean, uh, uh, Russia gave it uh, a relatively cool response saying, well, it's not for lack of trying that there aren't any negotiations, but uh, blaming Kiev uh, for uh, refusing to negotiate uh, with Moscow. Um, in Europe, the reception has generally been uh, cautiously optimistic, uh, I would say. And that is particularly also because Europe is, of course, uh, much more directly affected uh, uh, by the war. Uh, it is very close uh, uh, to uh, the heart uh, of Europe. It has uh, generated massive number of uh, refugees. And it is very dangerous to have such a massive land war uh, uh, going on. Uh, in the U.S., I would say um, it's been a little bit more uh, uh, skeptical, uh, precisely because um, I think the relationship between the U.S. and China is uh, at a real low at the moment. Uh, so I think uh, the United States, um, uh, the Biden administration uh, is taking everything that China does uh, with a uh, heavy dose of realism, if you want. We are speaking with Stefan Wolf, professor of international studies, University of Birmingham. Professor, I know you, I'm pretty sure you don't have a crystal ball in front of you, uh, but we are hearing that this spring will be marked with, you know, an offensive uh, by the Ukrainian military and, and fighters and civilians, for that matter, who are taking up arms. Now, 15 months into it, we're hearing about this offensive. Where do you see or where do you think this conflict will go? And do you know, uh, you know, what your opinion would be as far as how things might wrap up? Well, I mean, these are all uh, very difficult uh, uh, questions, and quite a lot of them. Um, I think the um, the timing of Xi's initiative is actually very interesting in that it comes right after uh, the Russian offensive uh, over the past couple of months has basically not brought any tangible results uh, uh, to, to Moscow. Uh, and it happened before the Ukrainians started their own uh, offensives, which are uh, one keeps hearing is uh, uh, imminent uh, uh, to begin, but will probably be determined uh, by whatever the weather conditions on the ground uh, will be. Um, you should also not forget that um, in a week's time is the 9th of May, which is uh, uh, widely celebrated as Victory Day in uh, Russia, um, remembering the victory over Nazi Germany in uh, 1945. Uh, so I think all of that uh, taken together, I think we probably still have a small window uh, where uh, there is a very slim uh, chance that actually negotiations uh, or at least exploratory talks about negotiations will get underway uh, that would stave off um, further escalation. So every war um, will end at the negotiation table, and I think that will be the same uh, with the war in Ukraine. The question that is unanswered uh, in this context is what will it take and how long will it take before we get there, before we get to a position where 
Russia and Ukraine can meaningfully negotiate over the restoration of the full territorial integrity and sovereignty of Ukraine. And that will partly be determined by the effectiveness and speed with which uh, the Chinese uh, will get anybody to um, really start talking. But it will ultimately also depend on how strong and how sustainable uh, Western support is for Ukraine, including for uh, Ukraine's um, likely upcoming uh, spring offensive. Really appreciate your perspective, Professor. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Stefan Wolf, Professor of International Security at the University of Birmingham. Mental Health Week is underway. It is a Canadian tradition with communities, schools, workplaces, all rallying to celebrate, protect and promote mental health. Joining the conversation with us this morning is social worker and mental health advocate Karen Gallagher-Burt. Hi, Karen. Good morning. Hey, what do you think is what the true objective of Mental Health Week? Is it just to continue the conversation to get us talking more? You know, I believe it is. I think that when it started many years ago, it was really about the stigma. Nobody was talking about uh, mental health at all. They talked about mental illness. When people were diagnosed with something, um, that's how people would have a conversation. And illnesses became associated with not necessarily positive things. Lots of our perceptions have always been negative around it from the days when we had asylums. Um, So mental health has been different because mental health, we're talking about proactive. We're talking about kind of just like your physical, taking a review of your mental side of things and saying, what am I doing well? What am I not doing well? What can I change? Those kind of things. So I think that's what's changed. We've gone from talking about illness to mental wellness. So mental health could be the umbrella of the full checklist when it comes to our mental health, the whole umbrella, whereas mental illness, we're really lasering in on a a specific uh, topic to a certain extent? Generally speaking, yes, we're lasering in, but we're also getting into diagnostics, right? So now we're getting into something that someone is um, diagnosed by a doctor um, or a therapist that has that capability, and they said that you have this illness right now. So those illnesses can be short-term, and then they can be light, long life. Um, you think about depression. You can have a short-term depression based on a situation, um, or you can have a low-grade depression and have it for your whole life uh, and then have to do some things to modify what that looks like. So it's, it is very different. The, the diagnostics and with a, with a doctor saying, you have this, then generally there is very specific medications for the t- different illnesses because it's all about your chemistry. So do you think there's still a stigma, though? I mean, can we get past it ever to talk about a, a mental health, um, you know, the, the illness itself? Will that ever be just A-OK for everybody to talk about what they've got going on? Oh, I hope so. Um, I, I do believe so. I think at some point we're going to drop the mental and physical. And we're just going to talk about health and how they're all interconnected. I know it's interesting. There was um, CMHA National always releases a research paper around this time. And so they released one yesterday that was talking about how one of the big things is, is that 87% of Canadians who live in Canada now want universal mental health care. And I thought that was quite fascinating that um, in, their, in their work, what they found is that you know, mental health care truly doesn't just happen at a doctor's office. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it earlier. There's community-based mental health services that work with medical. Um, there's all kinds of other things that can support your mental well-being. This is kind of the broken record question, but I think that today's a good day and throughout the week to talk about resources. And, and, and Sue and I talked about this. At what point do you know 
that it's it's worth talking about it besides, you know, maybe just your spouse, but you need professional help. What are some indicators? Oh, you bet. So I think re- remembering, and this is the stigma part, it's normal to struggle with mental health from time to time. Everybody does, especially if you're experiencing stress, um, external factors like a global pandemic, uh, loved one, uh, death of a loved one. So understanding that it's normal to struggle, generally it's time bound. So you might, you know, someone passes away and you might struggle for, and there's no time limit, but you might struggle for shorter terms than others on a superficial level. Um, When it stays and it starts to become pervasive or it starts to impact your life, Let's yeah. talk a, a little bit about uh, the the website that you're referring to, Canadian Mental Health Association. So it's cmha.ca slash mental health week slash toolkits because they do like the idea. They've got resources and information to help you share the power of storytelling in your community about that. So, you know, it's it's okay to, to speak up and, and sort of be that conduit for others. And, and there are great resources like the CMHA website to kind of help guide people when they want to sort of further that conversation, right? Yeah, 100%. And I would always also refer back to that 211 that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, 211 being there 24 7, that's where the magic comes in. That if you call someone at 211 or on the crisis lines, you've got someone at any point to talk to. And if you feel like there's something wrong, odds are you're right. Incredible. So we're going to be uh, spending time with you every day this week uh, to recognize. Yes mental tomorrow, health tomorrow i'll drive faster <laughs> <laughs> oh, just some I'm, inside, in front of, yeah. I'm in front of your offices right now so tomorrow we're, i'll make sure i get your faster. we're waving at you and we might let you in the building <laughs> yep. tomorrow too karen oh so. gee well don't talk to my partner because he may say no <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much karen we appreciate All your right. time take care and uh, make sure that you're talking about your mental health too thank cheers you. As Karen Gallagher-Burt, social worker and mental health advocate. It is indeed Mental Health Week. More with Karen throughout the week. And again, that website, uh, cmha.ca slash mentalhealthweek slash toolkits. It is without a doubt one of the hottest topics in the tech world and frankly outside of the tech world as well. We've even spoken about it earlier this morning. Right now, artificial intelligence and AI chatbots like ChatGPT are making headlines pretty much daily. And like it or not, we all soon may be touched by this technology. Well, our gadget guy, Mike Yanni, is joining us this morning to talk about this and other big tech headlines. Hi, Mike. How are you? I am doing well. I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually fascinated with chat GPT and where AI is going right now. It's, we are too, but our talk about it all the morning's time. producer, Reese Schaefer, is obsessed with it. Yeah, it, it's hard not to be. And this first story I want to talk about is it could be a game changer. And I think some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. And that's the fact that, you know, AI and chat GPT and programs like this may actually end up being our new doctor's assistants. Um, but before we talk about that, I think we should explain like what chat GPT is just in case, you know, uh, listeners don't understand. Mm-hmm. So think about like a, a chat bot. You go online to maybe, you know, your internet provider website, and you need help. So remember that, you know, that window that pops up and says, hey, I'm the virtual assistant. How can I help you? And you're supposed to type in something and it kind of does a lame job of trying to give you an answer. <laughs> yes. This is like that, but on steroids. Like this is so smart because it's using artificial intelligence that you can actually use this program for free. I should point out at home, you can type in a couple of sentences 
and it will spit out an entire essay for you. You can say, uh, you can get it to create art. You can say, I want a picture of Andrew Schultz made from Play-Doh or Sue Dale as a runway model. And it will scour the web looking for images and within seconds compile art that is incredibly realistic, sometimes goofy, but it's, it's insane. You can even have philosophical debates with this. So think about this in a doctor's office. Doctors are saying you can use these programs to analyze images so you can bring up x-rays and these programs can see things that the human eye might not see so you can analyze x-rays. And you know this is going to be used to diagnose disease. There's even talk about it using using these programs to cure cancer, come up with vaccines. In fact, it's so smart, it passed the US medical licensing exam. Mm. This is Chat wow. GPT, a program Pass the licensing exam. That's insane. That is. Okay, you're the gadget guy. Um, are we? Well, we we have fears about Chat GPT and you know maybe nefarious things down the line. Is is it just Hollywood movies, or do you think we have any reason to be concerned about this technology? Unfortunately, there's a lot of reason to be concerned about it. I mean, put this into perspective here. One of the AI researchers at Google who's been called the godfather of AI, he's actually a professor out of Toronto, just stepped down from his role saying he's horrified at what AI can do and what he's put into it. Um, because think about the other ways this can be used. There's obviously all the good things that can be done, but scammers are now starting to use um, programs that using artificial intelligence. You know that scam that's been around where your grandmother or your mother gets a phone call from their granddaughter or grandson that's in jail mm -hmm. uh, talking Need to money. a police officer, right? Um, my mother actually got a call like this uh, a couple of weeks ago and she called me right after. I had to talk her off the ledge, uh, say her grandson's okay. But what they're doing now is they're using AI to mimic the voices of grandchildren. So it actually comes across as their voice on the phone. So of course, people, you know, easy to fall for. So there are lots of scams being out there. Uh, so you gotta weigh the good and the bad. I mean, yes, it's it's amazing that these this AI is being used to possibly, potentially in the years to come, cure diseases or create new vaccines. Uh, but it's scary in the way that it will be used. And it might take all of our jobs from us one day as well. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> Don't say sure. that. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, let's move on to your second topic because this is an interesting one for so many people. If you're a gamer, big month right now, new Zelda game coming out. Oh, people have been waiting for this since the last big Zelda game came out. Uh, the game is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And if you have a gamer in your family, they are no doubt waiting for this. Here's the issue. You might want to stay offline if you are waiting for this game because it's been leaked. So I guess a few physical copies made their way into the wild early. Someone has taken those images from the cartridge. They've created files called ROMs, which you can basically read and play on a computer if you have the right software. So now we're seeing videos of people playing the game online. And unfortunately, that means spoilers abound. Uh, there are spoilers leaking on Twitter, on, you know, on social media. And unfortunately, it's one of those things where it's almost like clickbait. You don't even realize what's happening until you click on a link and all of a sudden the spoilers right there. And it's just completely blown the whole game for you so it's, it's unfortunate that it's happened but just fair warning if you if your kids or you yourself are waiting for this game maybe keep your time online especially social media down to a minimum because there's so many spoilers out there so much to be aware of uh, thankfully you're on top of it mm -hmm. mike uh, thank you so much for your time this morning and looking forward to your chat in a couple weeks always a pleasure good stuff that is mike yanni the gadget guy you can find him and what he does online at gadget guy mike
And, of course, on his YouTube channel, you can search Gadget Guy Mike Yanni. How fascinating is this? Dave just texted in to say, I'm off to Greece, and I got AI to design a two-day plan on what to see in Athens, and they did it did everything for me. And here's the thing. So there are so many applications for it. A lot of them are scary, but a lot of them are pretty awesome. The incredible uses along the other side, you have to take the nefarious and, you know, perhaps dangerous or, or in the hands of criminal uses of this technology, but no different than any computer. Hey, no different than I'm like to make you feel old, Sue. Then the fax machine, when we used to fax <laughs> things, and then, you know, the, you get flooded with, like, spam faxes. Yes. yep. It's always, you know, you got to take something. it with the bad, right? And it will find a way, hopefully, to control it, and it won't kill us all and the planet. So there's that's that. I like that. I think we can all get behind that for I sure. Think positively. So.